Welcome to Things to Know. I'm Luca, and on this show, we tell the stories of the people that make the kingdoms what it is. Today, we're talking to none other than Litmus Paper. Litmus Paper, alongside Chez Beignet and Atlanta Coffee Shops, hosts the weekly Getting Thingy With It Twitter Spaces. On top of that, Litmus Paper continues to connect different community members through various events and stays engaged with the community pretty much 24-7. I hope you enjoy this interview, and more importantly, I hope you learned something. Thanks for joining us today. Why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Who are you? Uh, sure. Um, so I go by Litmus Paper. Um, funny enough, that uh, Litmus Paper, the name, has nothing to do with my actual career um or hobbies uh it was it was kind of like this random name that i i chose because i had a piece of ph like litmus paper test on my desk while i was like choosing a in-game name for whatever game that i was playing before um but it, it just kind of stuck with me um i know a lot of people ask sometimes like are you a chemist and um i'm, I'm definitely not um but that's a good segue to kind of jump into um i guess what I do for a living. Um, I, I am a software engineer, um, been a software engineer for about 10 years now. Um, and kind of jumped between like the private finance sector to, um, more commercial. Um, so for the past three years, I've been working, um, as a front end, um, engineer for a food delivery service company. And, um, my my main focus at the company is mainly doing like growth engineering so um growing the company and, and getting more customers um through sort of like front-end coding um but yeah i i guess that maybe answers a little bit uh, about why i'm always in the discord server um because I, I do work from home and I, I work as a software engineer so i'm on the computer um so i do have a discord open because uh, i actually have discord like server with my my coworkers, so it's very easy to just kind of jump between the two. So it's it's impossible to escape. You're you're tuned into it twenty four seven, both work and crypto. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, and sometimes when I get really busy, it does get to be kind of an issue where I'm like, oh, I really have to just like close Discord, um, or just like mute the channels to get some work done. But um, yeah, ever since really joining like the NFT space where it's like Discord heavy, it's it's kind of been troubling to kind of uh, get that focus in. Did you always want to be a software engineer or how did that come about? What drew you to that field? Yeah, um, so I guess it's like it's it's not that interesting of a, a, a roadmap because, I, I mean, I grew up sort of in... Um, the internet age so I'm, I'm a 90s kid and i grew up right as the internet sort of started booming and um both of my parents are actually in the software field as well so it was, it was kind of natural for me growing up um to just play on the computer and and i used to do a lot of like html and just like scripting for for like video game purposes like i um I guess it's okay to say this. I, I used to run a lot of bots for like MapleStory and and set up scripts for like Diablo two and and 
uh, just auto farm and do all that stuff. So I think naturally as I like grew up and tried to figure out what to do, um, I was like, Hey, I like this stuff. I'm good at it. Um, so that's, that's kind of like the, the career that I choose. I, I went to college for computer science and, um, got a job straight out of, of college and, and started doing that. Um, but I will say that for about like eight years into the, uh, sort of software engineering field, um, it, it wasn't as exciting, especially cause I was like working in finance. Um, and I, I have started like moving back to sort of that sort of front end creative space for programming. Um, so for the past like four years, it's been a little bit more exciting than, than when I started. So you find not just the actual engineering and, and the, the coding and the problem solving of that interesting, but also the consumer experience and the, the front end side of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd say when I was younger, I mean, I, I used to run like a, a Zango blog or like a MySpace. Um, and I was always messing around with like designs and um, just kind of like figuring out like who my readers are and, and trying to grow from there. Um, so I feel like the switch from like the private finance sector um, managing people's monies through like the application um, and then switching back to something that's more customer facing was, was just kind of like a, a logical step to me. Um, I guess the reason that I stayed so long in that finance space was there is a sort of security. And, and I think uh, the age and the timing, like I just really didn't care too much. It was like, Oh, I make money and I could go out and play and, that's sort of like the headspace that I was at. Sounds like you've moved to a position that suits this current lifestyle better or life cycle better. So congrats. That, that sounds exciting. I'm assuming that your exposure to crypto came because of your exposure to computer science, right? It wasn't like you heard about this from some random friend that has nothing to do with CS. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's definitely from um, the side of tech. Uh, so funny enough, I, I heard about blockchain tech, uh, through, uh, my job in finance. Um, and to me, it was like a kind of a weird thing. I, I think this was like in 2018, I, which is, um, when that was the, the huge kind of crypto bubble Bitcoin rise. Um, and I, I, I actually knew a lot of friends that were like investing in, and they were telling me like, you should invest in it. And I was like, you know, I don't know. I don't have the time or like the sort of, um, to be honest, I just didn't care. I was just like, this, this sounds like weird new technology comes and goes. Like I, I work in tech and I don't want to like also go home and then obsess over something new. And, and then now I have like a monetary value to it. Um, so I kind of ignored it. And then I watched like a lot of my friends get like pretty rich. It was kind of crazy. They were like telling me like all the time. Um, but as far as like blockchain tech and everything, like my company was using it and um, it was something that was known to me. Um, so then like that 2018 uh, crash happened um, and the bear market internet, I feel like crypto, um, kind of fell off and nobody was talking about it for a while until 
um, I'd say like COVID. So like 2020 and then things started like skyrocketing again. Um, so I think that was kind of like the time that I, I jumped into crypto because first I had a major shift um, from working in the city. Um, so I'm in New York and I worked in New York city. Um, I had a major shift from like commuting into the city every day to just working at home. Um, and that shift really opened a lot of like free time. And I, I think for the first few months, I didn't know how to like utilize that free time. Um, and that's sort of like how I went to, to look into crypto, uh, I'm kind of obsessed over it a little bit. I, I, I tried to like find as much, uh, documentaries or YouTube videos or articles about it. And, um, yeah, I think that was like when, when a flip switched and I was like, oh man, like this stuff is really cool and started dabbling into it. I feel like that's a, a very relatable story to a lot of people like COVID kind of comes, the lockdowns come. Uh, and then they go down the crypto or blockchain rabbit hole with the documentaries and all the media and going deep on it. So I think a lot of people relate to that type of story. Did you end up getting into NFTs right away, kind of at the beginning of that, that 2020 cycle, or was it originally just cryptocurrencies? Like when did you make the shift to NFTs and what drew you to them? Yeah. Um, so no, it was actually very slow, um, kind of a uh, road, uh, long road to NFTs. So um, when I got into cryptocurrencies, I, I obviously started with Bitcoin and then very soon after Ethereum, because they were the, the, the top two at the time. Um, and because of my technical background, I, I definitely understood the differences between the two and, and how it worked with like mining and um, basically how the network worked. Um, so I, I, I obsessed over that for about um, maybe six to seven months until I started going into like the alt coin route. And that was like the huge kind of rabbit hole of like, oh, now there's like Cardano, there's like um, XRP. And then I started going into the whole like, now there's scandals and um like uh, stable coins are like a fraud or, or maybe not a fraud or like, like all this stuff. And I was like, Oh man, this is crazy. Um, and I also had to just sort of work at the same time. So um, I think I had sort of like maybe uh, what a lot of people had is like, you get really obsessed. You start like dumping money into it because you really believe in it. And then it consumes maybe too much of your time. And maybe you're like, looking at the charts way too much. So I, I did take a step back um, for maybe a year, but I, I kept like a recurring purchase. So um, I, dollar, I dollar cost average into my, my positions in um, Bitcoin and Ethereum and all my other altcoins. Um, but I, I really took a step back and I was like, eh, it's just gonna you know accumulate, it's gonna go up because I do believe in the tech. Um, and I'm not going to obsess over it because I think my, my mental health was a little bit off during that time. Um, but uh, I guess to get into when I got into NFTs, um, I think NFTs was a 
like I was watching uh, from the sidelines because I, I, I knew what it was about. I know what non-fungible tokens were. Um, I was definitely maybe in the camp of like, I don't understand why people would buy um, like a digital image um, for like that much money. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think a lot of that came from like, looking at Board Ape Yacht Club or CryptoPunks or even like CryptoKitties and seeing like the headlines of like how much people were paying for that. Um, and I, I, I didn't really know uh, of all the other sort of projects that were in the space and um, a lot of the tech pushing projects that are in the space. So um, I guess what helped me get into this space is I did have um, some programming friends, um, old coworkers that were uh, heavily in this space. And like one day they were like, we're all in a discord server together. Um, and I see them like change their PFP pictures, like pretty constantly. Uh, but they all changed like their profile picture to like this lizard. Um, and I was like asking, I was like, what is that lizard? Like, it looks like cool. And I think like once I like gave that okay for them to like reach out to me, they're like, oh man, like it's this new like NFT called Lizard Lab and like you need to check it out. Like here's the Discord server, here's the website, here's the white paper. I was like, whoa, 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 I don't like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like I just asked like that lizard looks cool. Um, but basically after that um i did take some time to dig into all that information they threw at me and i was like this is cool and i, I and i did have ethereum kind of saved up so i was like why not like maybe i'll like buy one and see what it's all about and so that that didn't last for long apparently because here you are now so you buy the one um you dive deep on it how do you eventually find thingdoms and what about it appealed to you and drew you to it yeah yeah, so um, that first NFT buy was in November of last year. So I, I haven't been in the space for, for that long. Um, that project, like I'm super grateful that that was the first project that I was in because it sort of set a baseline for what a project should sort of focus on. Um, so I was, I was like, hanging out in that discord um there's not a lot of hype in in that project um but i did make a lot of like friends and they were heavy in the nft space um so how i found out about things is actually after uh, well not after the drop but it was like kind of like a day before mint um a friend reached out to me and was like hey like maybe you should check out this thingdoms thing um, looks kind of cool. So I I went through like the Twitter, the Thingdoms Twitter, and I saw like the kind of just like really original art um, that I haven't seen. Like, you know, I've seen like 500 monkey derivatives, um, but it was like original art. And I was like, oh, I, I kind of like this, this stuff. Um, and I noticed uh, that there was a musical aspect to things. So um, I remember there was a tweet with like Muzi and there was a trailer with like the Thingdoms teaser because I know a lot of people didn't even know like what they looked like. 
but it was like Muzi, the Muzi track and like Thingdom's kind of like going in and out to the beat. And I was like, this is awesome. Um, I, I definitely gravitate towards like music. Um, so I think after that, I was like, oh, I, I need to get on this project. Um, I didn't have whitelist or anything. Um, so I bought off of secondary. Um, but I, I think I maybe went a little bit overboard during secondary because I know there was like a little bit of a rise up and I was like feeling the FOMO and I was like, oh, I need to get more, I need to get more. Um, but that's basically how I, how I found Thinkum. That's really cool. Um, so the musical aspect, let's talk about that a little bit more. Are you just a, a music fan or do you make music? Um, I don't make music. Um, I'm, I'm a huge music fan. Um, and I play like instruments. I play piano and I play guitar as a hobby. Um, but I definitely don't make music. I'm very amateur. Um, but I will say in terms of like my musical tastes, um, I'm sort of like that person that I know a lot of people like, like to say they have like a wide, um, musical taste. Um, but it, a lot of people, it, it would kind of stop at like country or the more experimental, um, type stuff. But I, I'd like to say that like my musical taste really doesn't stop. Um, so I, my main musical choice would probably be like, um, indie rock. Um, but I, I definitely listen to a lot of hip hop, R and B, um, electronic music, uh, as well as like death metal, um, just, yeah, going kind of crazy, uh, international music. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd say I'm really into music. Yeah. Sounds like it. That's a, a very eclectic palette. I mean, it's, it's pretty much a universal palette at that point, which is very cool. The variety of, of music on Thing FM must've been at least interesting to you then, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Um, and I think that's also probably why I'm so like bullish and like, um, into the project. Um, so after I kind of got into the discord and I saw that there was like thing FM, I tuned in and first thing I noticed was like the memes and, and be love and, um, like that was all fun and stuff, but, um, the musical choice for thing FM is like very wide. Like, um, the playlist can, can arrange, um, drastically, which for whichever playlist that they're playing. Um, so I think the, yeah, that definitely drew me in. Um, and I used to be a huge like Spotify listener and I feel like, um, I don't even open Spotify these days. I'm just on thing FM all day. I also used to be a very big Spotify listener um, and I've felt the same way. I feel like with platforms like Spotify, you get trapped in these cycles of listening to the same thing over and over again. That doesn't feel like it, it happens with Thing FM, which is really interesting. You talked about memes and kind of this community and, and culture that's here on the dance floor. Um, you also do something for the community every Wednesday after the after the weekly debrief review you host a spaces with previous guests, Shea, Beignet, uh, and Atlanta Coffee. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Why did you set that up? What made you 
want to set it up. I love it, by the way. So congrats and thank you for for hosting. Yeah, well, thank you for tuning in on Wednesdays. Um, yeah, I mean, it it it, it happened pretty organically, um, and I, I I'm not gonna take credit like for that happening. Like, I, I feel like um, credit would probably be like Shay and his outgoing personality and starting up the spaces pretty spontaneously um, in the first few weeks of Thingdoms. Um, but how that sort of happened was, um, we don't have voice chat or voice channels in Thingdoms, uh, discord server. Um, so a lot of people like, instead of always typing, they, they wanted to have a, a casual chat with the community. Um, so this kind of spawned these spontaneous, like when, when really exciting things were happening, she would be like, let's get on spaces. Let's get on Twitter spaces. Um, so he would set one up and for the most part, uh, the, 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 the speakers that would get up are, are usually me, um, Atlanta coffee shop and, uh, a few others. Um, but I, I think like at every space, it was always like me, Shay Atlanta. Um, so it kind of naturally, uh, kind of naturally fell to i guess us three to sort of host and manage that that twitter space when it got um really big and really exciting um so i guess that's that's sort of like how that came um now we do run um the community spaces uh regularly like we have a, a schedule and everything and and that is actually because of, of luke luke reached out to um Shay and us to kind of set a schedule and, and this way, like we can still have our spontaneous Twitter spaces, but um, it's something for the community to kind of look forward to each week. Um, one, if people can't tune into thing FM, they can tune into the Twitter spaces after, um, but also just get us uh, talking in a regular cadence. Yeah. Like I said, I, I think it's a great idea. And I think the timing of it being right after the, the weekly debrief or, or bi-weekly debrief um, is just perfect. Because one of my favorite parts of, of these spaces is coming in and, and hearing all of the different conspiracy theories and you know thoughts that people have about what they think is going to happen. Do you have a favorite conspiracy theory about thingdoms that you've heard in one of these spaces or even just on the Discord? Ooh, favorite conspiracy theory. Um, I mean, m maybe I'm, I'm choosing. Nah, I'll say it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be my conspiracy theory. Um, and it's basically that no idea has not released his pickle variants um, since we've launched. And, and it's been quite a while since we've launched. So, I'm always sort of thinking that there's a conspiracy that no idea is working with the team to release pickle mutants uh, as some sort of thing drop. Um, otherwise, like, and, and I feel like he's just kind of like biding his time. Um, but but that's my conspiracy. And I, and I like to spread that theory um, pretty much every spaces. I don't know if he gets pissed off at me for doing that, but it's it's kind of funny to bring up every time. 
Nice, nice. Not going too tinfoil hatty with it. I think there there are definitely some crazier options, but uh, I like that one. I like that theory. We may uh, we may see some pickled things as an official release soon, according to Litmus Paper. <laughs> um, let's zoom out a little bit. We we're ten years from now. Where do you see NFTs going? What do you think is going to have been developed? What do you hope we develop? What are your general thoughts? That's a hard question. Um, so 10 years. So, I mean, I immediately jump to the tech side of things. Um, I think right now we are seeing a, maybe a little bit of a bubble in cutesy PFP projects. Um, and I'm not saying that they like these projects don't have like our best interests, um, but there is a lot. And just with supply and demand, um, you're not, it's just not gonna like, there's only gonna be so many brands that kind of come out of the space. Um, so I think in 10 years, looking towards the tech, um, I'd, I'd like to think that NFTs is, is gonna be used for something other than like profile pictures or even other than art. Um, we may definitely see some sort of ticketing system kind of hosted solely on the blockchain um i think we're we're already seeing kind of supply chain nft solutions um and i i, I like to see more of that and, and the tech kind of solve that problem for the whole world um but if i mean 10 years is a long time and and maybe i'm, I'm a little bit naive in saying but I, yeah i do feel like we may even see like stuff like house deeds um or anything that needs kind of like um, verifiable proof, um, it will make its way to the blockchain if the sort of players that, that have the knowledge to do it um, enter the space. I hope you enjoyed that interview. If you'd like to connect with Litmus Paper, you can find them on Twitter at crypto underscore litmus. And if you'd like to connect with me, you can also find me on Twitter at itsLucaWM. I'd like to extend a huge thank you to Litmus Paper, not just for joining me on the podcast today, but also for all the work they continue to do for this community. Similarly, I'd like to thank this entire community. Without your support, none of this would be possible. If you think you know someone that should be featured on Things to Know, send me a DM on Twitter or on Discord. I'd love to hear your opinion. Stay thingy, do good things, and I'll see you next week.